This is the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast on the 15th of January, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank. Thanks for joining us. Our podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart grit and agriculture. Check out ffbt.com and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. C.J. Miller and Sabrina Halverson coming up today on the news, including a new state bill that promotes food security by preventing certain countries from buying Indiana farmland and what a government shutdown would mean for ag businesses. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says the deep freeze continues and the ag markets liquidated after the USDA reports on Friday. Brian Basting analysis coming up on the Who's Your Ag Today morning podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Bids are being accepted now for 346 acres of Indiana farmland. Halderman Real Estate Services brings you an opportunity to own top-quality farmland in Carroll County, featuring four sizable tracts of tillable cropland and grain bin totaling over 346 acres. Visit Halderman for information on the Flora Group Legacy Auction. Bids will be accepted until January 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit Halderman.com or call A.J. Jordan, 317-697-3086. Equal housing opportunity. A bill preventing countries such as Russia or China from buying Indiana farmland and how the ongoing threat of a government shutdown is bad for ag business. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. As the state's legislative session is underway for 2024, one of Indiana's state lawmakers has written a bill that would prevent adversarial countries, such as Russia and China, from buying or leasing Indiana farmland beginning July 1st. This is about food security. Because we know food security is national security. And that's Representative Kendall Culp from District 16 in northwestern Indiana. He's also a farmer based in Jasper County. The six countries that would be prohibited from buying or leasing farmland in Indiana not only include Russia and China, but also North Korea, Iran, Cuba, and Venezuela. Now, a lot of purchases today are made by LLCs or shell companies or a consortium of groups. So we've identified or addressed that in the legislation that they would have to sign an affidavit, the purchaser would, guaranteeing that ownership would not belong to one of those six adversarial countries. If we found out there was a concern and and they, in fact, were not truthful on that, the Indiana Attorney General would be required to follow up with that and then they would take that farm 
farmland from them and then resell that to someone that is eligible to farm it. Talking with other lawmakers, including Montana Senator John Tester, Culp says that China has been deceptive in its ownership of U.S. land. One of the things that is happening is China will come over and form a shell company in Canada and then that Canadian shell company will come to Montana, buy timberland, strip the timber, export it back to China. And so we've addressed that. So hopefully that doesn't happen in this piece of legislation. Culp says his bill does more than just prevent those countries from buying Hoosier farmland. We also in this bill prohibit the purchase of water rights, mineral rights, and riparian rights from those six adversarial countries as well. As we talk a lot about water now in this country, it's really important that we secure our water supply as well. You can hear more of my interview with State Representative Kendall Culp and read more about the bill at HoosierAgToday.com. Farmers, the Fort Wayne Farm Show celebrates 35 great years at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum, January 16th, 17th, and 18th. Plan now to attend this huge three-day event featuring the area's largest variety of farm equipment and services and the latest technology. Register to win the grand prize, a Toro MyRide Zero-Turn Lawnmower, courtesy of Plevna Implement. Admission is free. The Fort Wayne Farm Show at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week open Wednesday night till 8. Once again, we're hearing talk of a possible government shutdown in Washington, D.C. Sabrina Halverson joins us now as she talks with an ag leader who says that continued threat of a shutdown is bad for ag businesses. With the threat of a government shutdown once again looming, Speaker Mike Johnson faces pushback from his own party over a potential spending deal with Democrats. National Cattlemen's Beef Association Vice President of Government Affairs, Ethan Lane, is watching the situation closely. To a certain extent, this is such uncharted territory to have a narrow majority and a substantive group of people in your own party that basically aren't willing to take yes for an answer. They find fault with any deal that's struck. What they really would like to see is a shutdown in some cases. They're largely unconcerned with the economic impacts to their own rural constituents in some instances. Lane says the roller coaster of continued national budget instability is having a damaging effect on farm businesses. It's always a strain. Just like market volatility has been a big story in the cattle industry over the last few months, political instability also is detrimental to the business environment. If you don't know whether the government's going to be open next week, it's very difficult for you to plan in your business and do all the things you need to do to be successful. So absolutely, instability, volatility, those are words that are always going to be toxic to a business environment, particularly a small business environment where they don't necessarily have capital to weather long-term shutdowns or massive market shocks. We've seen that time and time again over the last few years, and it's no different looking at these circumstances in front of While Speaker Johnson has his work cut out for him just a few months into his new position, Lane says it would likely be the same struggle no matter who carried the title of Speaker. I'm Sabrina Halverson. And I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Mid-America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com slash operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bit America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about... 
home heat <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin with a look at your Hoosier Ag Today Indiana farm forecast. Here's what's going on across the eastern Corn Belt as we kick off the work week. We are cold. We're going to stay cold through most of this week. I think we can see a little bit of temperature moderation as we head toward a Wednesday afternoon into early Thursday. But then we get a reinforcing shot of cold air coming in behind that moderating push. I think for this week, we do not see much of any new precipitation coming. Now, to be fair, through your Monday, west winds are going to create a lot of lake effect over Michigan. Maybe a little bit of that sneaks into northern tier counties of Indiana. But otherwise, I think we're just dealing with cold air-derived precipitation, meaning a few flurries that we can see tomorrow afternoon, and then really nothing until we get into the later part of the week and weekend after the moderating surge and then the reinforcing shot of cold air. I think that triggers a little bit of scattered light snow activity for Friday, Friday night, and into early Saturday. I really think that we see an increase in our precipitation potential as we move into next week as warmer air tries to come back Monday, Tuesday. So late this week, Friday, I think we have to deal with hit and miss scattered flurries. The liquid equivalent here, a few hundreds to a tenth or two, that's all. But I think 75, 80% of the state sees the flurry activity. Uh, it's not going to give us anything more than a fresh coating in spots. That's gone by the time we get into Saturday. We have to deal with some lake effects Saturday. And then Sunday, we are looking at sunshine to try Trying to return next week. Monday is still chilly. Tuesday, we see temperatures start to ease. And then going into Wednesday, we see a full surge of warmer air coming into the area. That's going to bring rain with it. Yep, we're back to rain. Right now, I'm going to say probably a tenth to half an inch is what we could see. Coverage will end up being 90% of the Hoosier State. Whether or not we get back to cold air immediately behind that is still up for some debate. But I'm seeing a large chunk of the country with temperatures above normal as we move into the second half of next week. So I feel even though there's some rain that tries to move through, we stay moderate in our temperatures behind. And right now, as I see it, this is a one-week period of bitter cold Arctic air. And then we try and shake it all off and see temperatures do something else going forward. That's a look at your forecast update. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. USDA report day, and it was a bearish one. This is Hoosier Ag Today and the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements on the way. We get market analysis and a look first inside that USDA data dump on Friday. I checked in at the end of trade with Brian Basting of Advanced Trading. Brian, we certainly did not get a bullish surprise. I guess number one, would you call the report from USDA or the series of reports from USDA a bearish surprise. We can look at U.S. corn and soybean production, quarterly stocks as well. So how do you characterize this? Yeah, you summarized it well there, Andy. We really saw a significant increase in those eastern corn belt yields for both corn and beans. Um, we did see some larger carryout estimates also subsequently to that to a U.S. corn carryout is now at 213 uh, beg your pardon, 2.162 billion bushels, where beans jumped up to 280. In December, Andy, the bean carryout was only 245, but the corn carryout is up from 2131 in December to 2162 here in January. 
Um, we didn't get much support from the stocks report either on corn or beans, and um, it's just been uh, overall a negative report. Um, just uh, new contract lows made this morning. Uh, today, I should say, in, in uh, corn futures, uh, old crop corn futures, and just feels real heavy at the moment. Beans are bouncing back a bit, but um, overall, just a very surprisingly, that's a now a record national corn yield, Andy, for the U.S. Moving into South America adjustments, Argentina, Brazil, corn, soybeans, anything of note there? Yeah, they did reduce the Brazilian soybean crop, as expected, about 4 million tons from 161 to 157. However, they increased Argentina's soybean crop 2 million tons, and Argentina's soybean crop is now projected to exactly double from 25 million last year to 50 million tons this year. So uh, that was um, uh, kind of negated any any supportive news from the Brazilian number. But we're still going to be watching uh, South American weather closely, particularly after the holiday here, because we haven't begun to make the bean crop in Argentina. We are harvesting beans very early in Brazil. But even that, that bean crop in central and southern Brazil can still change a lot from the, that current number. Producers here in the U.S. probably don't like seeing what the market has done on this Friday. Are you concerned beyond today? Well, I just think we, we have to remember, Andy, that, that those those record crops that we harvested last fall are, are, are a big change from what we looked at the last three years. If we look at the stocks-to-use ratio for corn now, for example, it's at uh, 2162 divided by 14. It's at uh, 15%, Andy. What I remind your listeners, each of those last three years, it was under 10%. So we're basically increasing the uh, stocks-to-use ratio from under 10% to 15%, and the carryout's going from just over 1 billion bushels now to just over 2 billion bushels, nearly doubling. So I think that's the thing that we've got to got to remind folks. Um, so uh, from the standpoint of, of, uh, of marketing, it feels quite different from the last few years. And I, I strongly encourage your listeners to, to defend their balance sheets uh, using some marketing tools because uh, – and we just gotta gotta respect what the market's telling us, and not saying it can't go higher at some point. Obviously, it will reach a point where it's a good value level, but we, we haven't certainly found that yet today. Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. The number there is three zero nine six six four two three one four. Now on the Hat Market Review, the settlements from Friday trade after the USDA bearish numbers came out. March corn ends down a dime and three quarters at four forty seven. May and July also down a dime and three quarters, with May going to four fifty nine and July four sixty eight and a quarter. Beans down 12 and a quarter on March and May. March contract 1224 and a quarter and May 1235 and three quarters. And March wheat 596 down seven and three quarters. The meat's lower too with February live cattle 17137 down 42. And February lean hogs a 70 cent sell off down to 7190. No markets on Monday for the Martin Luther King holiday opening back up on the Monday evening session. I'm Andy Eubank. Who's your ag today? Timely, relevant, credible.